Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 74 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between, and part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at WittySports716 on Twitter and Instagram, at BuiltInBuffalo underscore. You can find all the great content creators on Built-In Buffalo doing their thing every single day. We are your hosts, I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? What's up, everybody? What is up, Witty Nation? I'm ready to get witty with it. Wouldn't you go Will 2K since the new year instead of getting jiggy with it if you want to pick a Will so, Smith song? The, so what would the pun be? I don't know. You're I don't know, I don't know the lyrics to Will 2K, though. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're telling me you're going to come up with a better pun than getting witty with it? <laughs> okay, that's, that's good. I'll give it to you. Yeah, come, come on. You're telling me... Of, Pick anything in the Will Smith catalog. There's not going to be a better pun to fit in the word witty than anything that you find except for getting witty with it. Uh, yeah, probably not. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you just, you didn't pick just the two of us. That would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just witty of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a stretch, to say the least. I agree. Yeah, I'm reaching. Witty, witty West? No, that wouldn't work. Mm. Woody Woody West isn't bad. That's not bad, yeah. That was, that was yeah. an underrated movie. People bag on that movie. I thought it was pretty solid. People do, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah There's a lot of entertaining. movies that get produced. Yeah. If you don't think mechanical There's... spiders were in the Wild Wild West way back when, then I don't know what you're thinking. I appreciated all the height humor oh, yes. the short villain. <laughs> really ripping him out. They really, they really drove that home. <laughs> Yeah, they really did. <laughs> Classic movie. Classic movie. Tony, it is 2022. It's our first recording of 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to Woody Nation and the listeners out there. We got some big plans this year, listeners. We got some things in the pipeline. We're taking it to the next level, if you will. But Tony, New Year means a chance to start fresh, a chance to start anew. So I figured let's get to open this episode let's get all our angst out let's get everything that is grinding our gears just out in the open out in the open to start 2022 and then we can wash it away we talk about it and wash it away and just start fresh and have a great new year what do you think sound good sounds like the area of grievances to me <laughs> it does sound like the area of grievances we're very pessimistic on this podcast. no i'm kidding you know what really grinds my gears people in the 19th century why don't they get with the program? Tony, let's do uh let's, let's do our typical three each. What is uh one thing that is grinding your gears at the start of twenty twenty two here? Okay, so last week, as our diehard listeners remember, I alluded to this book that I received for Christmas by Jeffrey J. Miller. Yes. And it's a hundred things Bills fans should know and do before they die. What grinds my gears and what really inspired me on this one is fact number thirty three. The title or thing to know, number 33, the article Scotty number 33. Facts, yeah. The 33, the title of it is 28. Ooh. It's an article about the fourth Super Bowl that we competed in. What grinds my gears about this is that there is no order, rhyme, or reason to these facts. <laughs> Why would you make 28 number 33? And not number 28? Why not make it 28? <laughs> right. To add insult to injury, fact or article number 31 is entitled The Legend of Number 31. Oh, well, that's just but, awkward. Yes, <laughs> but two later, he's got number 33, and the title of it is simply 28. <laughs> this also used to annoy me. me. Yeah. Oh, we need oh, to get no. Jeffrey J. Miller on this podcast to, to, to explain himself? <laughs> 
Is he alive? Is he alive? It is crossing my mind. I have tried searching at least for a Twitter account for him. <laughs> what really gets me this this annoyance of mine, this gear grinding, goes all the way back to a different technological era in music. Because you know what always used to grind my gears when you would get a new CD. Yeah. Or if even if you look at any track list, What's that? it's just like this. If the track title has a number in it and it's not the number on that album, like if it's Seven Bridges Road, but it's number one on the album, why wouldn't you make it seven? <laughs> make it make it the number that is alluded to in the title. Let us believe in this. And it will help us remember, oh, what title is Three's Company? It's number three. Obviously, I'm gonna go to track three. And you could argue, of course, that you know the track order matters it puts you in a mood it takes you on a journey you gotta make that journey designed around the number beat matching the track number absolutely take me through all that the track number should match the number that is alluded to in the song it really grinds my gears when it doesn't happen that way it's so obvious that it should happen that way to me i'm like why why wouldn't you do this like it's like you're actively trying not to be clever like you're actively trying to prove to the masses you have no cleverness within you. <laughs> and we don't appreciate that around these parts. I, I don't appreciate it. Tony, I just searched it. Jeffrey J. Miller does have a Facebook page. Ooh, okay. And you can send him a message on that Facebook huh. page. And it's an active Facebook page. Last time you posted was December 9th of 2021. So it's not like this thing has been dormant for eight years. I think we need to send him a message. We need to get him on this podcast, Tony. Now, when you say send him a message, do you mean like oh, yeah, twenty-eight not, for thirty-three? We not like soprano style. Send him a message. No, yeah, just no, I, I think invite we him. I think we gotta send him a message. <laughs> I, I think it should be a little nicer. Maybe not. Maybe not like New York style. Like send him a message. But I would love to have him as a guest. Yeah, like his Facebook profile is him and Marv. Yeah, coach. Yeah. All right. I, I think we need to make this happen. Well, then I'm really glad that I just drug him through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask him why you didn't make great, 28 number 28. Yeah. I think that's a great I guess, question. I mean, I guess I have to. You the know, world wants to know. A good journalist asks the tough questions. <laughs> that's it's right. Our job to, it's our job to keep them honest. And speaking of good journalism, my first grinding my gear, a recent trend on Twitter that I've noticed that is completely boggled my mind, made me irate, whatever, even though I'm not a journalist myself yet, sports media personalities, whatever, confirming confirmations. So Adam Schefter comes out with, I can confirm Bud Dupree signed with the Titans or something, you know, along those lines, or Melvin Ingram signed with the Chiefs. And then somebody else, maybe a local Kansas City beat reporter says, yes, I can confirm Adam Schefter's confirmation. Like, don't take credit for that. You're not doing any legwork here. I'm of the sound mind that to get our credibility up, we should just start confirming Bill's reports out there. If Sal Capaccio is tweeting something of Ryan Bates is day-to-day with a knee injury, then I think I need to confirm that. I can confirm sales confirmation. I think that'll go well for our reach. I don't know what trend this is, but ethics principle, I don't know. I don't even know what category it falls under, but... It drives me nuts, this confirming of the confirmation. It needs to end now. In my well, yeah, I can confirm that you have yourself a pretty good idea right there. <laughs> yeah, we got to start confirming every other report. What What if we just make like a, you know, you know, like the popular Twitter account, Freezing Cold Takes? Mm-hmm. What if we just start calling out people for confirming confirmations? Do you think that's got traction? Do you think it's got legs? 
Uh, it's, it's an idea. It's like a it's like a policing account. Like we're replying to yeah. you know like the um, sports version of the horny police. Oh, I didn't know you knew about the horny police. I thought I was the only one that followed the horny Wait, police. Wait, doesn't everyone know about the horny police? Where have I been? No, because not too long ago I was looking on Twitter and I was like I wonder who else follows this. <laughs> and then, who else follows this like that I know? And I was surprised that it was only two people I know follow the horny popo. Really? Oh, that... yeah, one of them, neither of them are you. <laughs> well, I know about it. Trust me. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll side table it for now. We'll, we'll flesh it out a little better. Maybe I shouldn't say flesh with horny please. Anyway, uh, Tony, what is your second gear grinding thing? My second gear grinding is, let me ask you this, Matthew. What do you think the more common number is that one might type on a keyboard? 10 or 12? I thought you were going to say 28. Uh, I would say 12, just because 1 and 2 are next to each other. Mm. I'm going to do a lot of legwork going from one side of the keyboard for number 1 to the other side of the keyboard for 0. That's all I'm saying. This is is exactly what's grinding my gears. I would argue that 10 is a very common number. I would argue that it's more common than 11, 12, or 13. Absolutely. I think the zero should be on the other side of the number line. Oh, before the one. Yeah, so that I, I can like use this. my, so that I'm using one hand or my left hand. It's just a quick, just a quick flick of the fir- of the pointer finger and middle finger. Just a quick flick of them, and I got my 10. Now instead, if I'm going with a one hand type, I'm doing all that legwork you were talking about. I'm dropping my one. And I'm headed all the way across that that silk road of the keyboard to get to zero, and there's my ten. If I'm doing a lot of tens, oh, and it's insane to me because what was happening on the keyboard originally? Nothing but a bunch of ones and zeros, Matt. That's right. That's right. Don't you think that they would have made it code. easy on themselves? Binary code would but be so much easier. It's all ones and zeros. Tony, where no, were really. you? Where were you during my third grade invention contest <laughs> with these ideas? These are the ideas I needed. I well, like it. I like it. I, I tell you what, man. I mean, I'm only one. I can only do so much with my life. <laughs> I mean, I can go out. I can go out there redesigning QWERTY keyboards, but you know, I got a lot of podcasts to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think it's a great idea. I think we should uh, patent it. I think we should Shark Tank it. I love it. Get the movement. Get the movement going. Hashtag move the zero to the left of the one. I don't. What? That's a bad hashtag. We got to think of something <laughs> simpler. Right. You got to make that zero towards the west you gotta westernize that zero <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> tony my second gear grinding i'm gonna go with the fans of philadelphia grinding oh, yes. my, grinding my gears. <laughs> this past week almost killing their their starting quarterback jalen hurts by capsizing the guardrail <laughs> of the uh washington football team stadium and i don't know if you saw the the clip but i don't know what they were doing but the, the guardrail just falls pretty much inches away from Jalen Hurts. And not only the guardrail falls, but about a dozen fans fall with it. This is a fan base, Tony, who is known for uh, throwing snowballs at Santa during Christmas, throwing D batteries at their own players, throwing cheesesteaks at opposing players. They purposely threw up on an 11-year-old girl at a Phillies game. Uh, they booed Michael Irvin out of the stadium after he suffered a career-ending spine injury. And now they clinch a playoff berth, and what do they do? They collapse a guardrail, almost smothering their starting QB under a pile of steel and various body fluids and back alley health insurance and disappointed mothers. It is why Philly fans, like, we jump through tables and start ourselves on fire and whatever. I, I feel like... 
Bills Mafia is almost like a, we're, we're tame compared to what Philly fans are offering out there. So Philly fans, do your thing, but maybe not injure the, the guys who get you to the playoffs <laughs> in the process. My, I did see that video, and my response to that is, whose idea was to just put a free, just a freestanding <laughs> yeah, right. guardrail just against the against the fans like that? Like, what? What's the way? Is it even tied down? Did they throw like a sandbag on the legs or something? <laughs> right. What, is it, what makes them think that this is going to be sufficient to hold back 80,000? The same stadium Daniel Snyder operates. So uh, mm. I don't know. Maybe he's hiding the the sandbags with the, the emails the NFL is looking for. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they're in, the, they're in the same secret location. Yes, I guess so. Tony, third and final one. What do you got? My third and final one is surrounds a lineup. Leonardo DiCaprio, Ooh. Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> Kate Blanchett, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Meryl Streep. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Future guests on this podcast? Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. Are you no, talking about the new Netflix movie? I'm talking about the narrative surrounding the film Don't Look Up on Netflix. <laughs> I can't go a single swipe on social media without a headline about Don't Look Up coming around. And all those headlines are the same. It's that Don't Look Up might be a straight-up documentary surrounding our current situation of income inequality and corporate, uh, you know, (laughs) things. Every two seconds, some new blogger writes an article about this, and somehow it shows up on mine. (laughs) Look, I want to watch the movie. You don't want to look up at your screen, right? (laughs) Like at my phone screen? (laughs) So even my Twitter, that's nothing but Don't Look Up. Analyses of sociological analyses. You don't want to look up. I want to watch the movie. Give me a chance to watch the movie. (laughs) Like I don't need. I I. It's on my radar. I wish that the headline just said like maybe you should find time to watch this. Okay, I want to watch it. Let me watch it. I get it. The movie exists. You're throwing all this like. 300 level stuff at me let me get through the 100 level first right. give us a shot please give me a chance you've already seen it it sounds like without seeing it i've you know, i've seen headlines <laughs> and i can infer a lot more about it but this is what i'm saying i want yeah i i don't and the thing is like you said like it seems like you've already seen it i don't know what it's about <laughs> at all i have no idea the plot of this movie but I know that it's about it your is life, Tony. Something. Yeah. Wait, what? It's about your life. <laughs> but yeah, I know that it's supposedly about the American economic system in some capacity. I don't know anything actually, though. Let me understand the real deal, and then we can go deeper. I feel like you're never gonna watch this movie because you're like sucked into this blog vortex of people writing about the movie. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like I'm never going to watch the movie. I'm getting inundated with too much about the movie. By the time that this wave comes and goes, I'm going to forget the movie exists, and I will have never watched it. <laughs> oh, that is that is a good one. Well, hopefully we'll get around to it one day. Uh, Tony, my... Someday. Someday. My third and final one. I thought you'd appreciate this as a, uh, a man of education yourself. What's grinding my gears? A de-emphasis on education. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> And I'm uh, not gonna read three articles about this every day. I'm turning to a <laughs> to kill my morale. I'm turning to a recent story from Oklahoma, where uh, the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office says they are investigating how almost 600 packages from Amazon ended up dumped in a rural area in Oklahoma City. Apparently, the 
perpetrator, the suspect, whatever, uh, stole a bunch of Amazon stuff, left behind all the books. <laughs> Did not bother with any of the books. <laughs> so education is, is dead, I guess. Also, NFL is doing away with the Wonderlick. Really? Yes. Mm, I, don't I know. did not hear that. Tony, what is going on with the education? <laughs> We're not reading books. We're doing away with knowledge tests. Does Mensa even exist anymore? Are there smart people out there? Uh, Mensa is just one guy in his basement doing a podcast about <laughs> yes, about like obscure political systems that we've never heard of. Deeply analyzing every episode of Jeopardy <laughs> for mistakes. <laughs> Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Fact checking Jeopardy. <laughs> yes. So I, I I thought you could maybe quell, quell our fears of, of the deficit on education. <laughs> well, I mean, in the last two episodes, I've talked about a book. So. You have, but it's a Bill's book so, <laughs> that incorrectly numbers things. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to pick your battles. I think first it's a Bill's book for these for our listeners. Then it's I don't I don't even know like what's a highly intellectual book. I was gonna. I was the, the, for some reason the first one that came out. I was like, next thing you know, it's Mein Kampf, and I'm like, no, that's not a good example. No, not a great example at all. Let's, not a let's good example. That. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's not find that in any public libraries, please. Speaking of authors, no, I'm, I, that's a bad segue. We got a lot of bills to talk about with this past Falcons game. Let's just have Marv take it away. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna bottle these these grinding of gears down, get rid of them, and talk some bills, positive stuff, right? <laughs> Eh, some positive. Three games. It'll be some positive. <laughs> Actually, I have some. I have some good positives. All right, all right. So we got a lot of positives coming in. So if let's, these listeners the script onto the positive. Mm-hmm. If these <laughs> listeners want to get put in a good mood, they should keep on listening. Keep on listening. Great, Marv. Take it take away. Take it away, Marv. Take it away, Marv. We'll be back after the break. Take it away. Go go. Bills fight. Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. We start off our game review the same way we start off every week. Our so bad it's good review. You got your pen, your pad ready to take some notes? Uh, I would say I am prepared to take notes. It is with a keyboard, though, so I hope that your summary does not involve a lot of ones and zeros. (laughs) Because it's too much work for you, obviously. It's too cumbersome. Too cumbersome. It's a short but sweet one, so hopefully it's not a lot of work for you either. Ready? Here we go. The Dirty Birds flew the coop to Buffalo where they should have been arrested for cannibalism, eating mountains of wings before the game, but it was Devin Singletary in the Bills' run game beating the drumstick and dropping the anchor bar with anything but a flats performance. And look who came to play, Gregory Rousseau. What? He's still a rock star. He's got his own moves, and he needs more sacks as the rookie strip sack had Bills Mafia tickled pink and Matt Ryan Reynolds was on red notice all game. Russell Gage tried to put a hole in the ear of the Bills secondary, but it was Jordan Peele Poyer who was the key to victory and said get out as the Bills win 29-15 and clinch their ticket to the playoffs. That's all I got, Tony. Short and sweet. Uh, but uh, quality over quantity. Quality over quantity this time, this week, yes. The key, the key and peel work was masterful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, been catching up on some key and peel. It's a fantastic show. Good. Oh, absolutely. Real, really underrated. I, I would say I think that there was low-hanging fruit that I cannot believe you didn't pick. What? In that please, summary, though. Please do uh, enlighten When us. you said they're beating the drumstick, <laughs> I thought... Oh, well, surely he's going to take a Kesha direction. Oh. 
like the beat of a drum. That is my bad. Whenever there's a catch of direction to take, we'll note to listeners, you take it. Yeah, that's, Obviously. that's good. That's advice for life and for game summary. <laughs> exactly. For uh-huh. life, especially. Yes. Follow Kesha. Absolutely. What, what was the way you phrased it? You take, oh, the Kesha direction. Yes. Yeah. You always take the Kesha direction. Hashtag the Kesha direction. If your path forks into a Kesha direction or a non-Kesha direction, you always take the Kesha direction. You always take the Kesha direction. <laughs> Never go wrong. You're at, a fork, you're at a fork in the road. One end, one of the roads is Kesha. You take Kesha. <laughs> yes, obviously. It's, it's <laughs> simple. Uh, Tony, the Bills clinch a playoff spot, as I mentioned. Now, the fourth year they've clinched in the five years of McDermott, considering where we were pre-McDermott and Bean, what an accomplishment. By this team, what what can you say? Uh, what feelings do you have about them clinching the playoff spot for the fourth time in five years here? Well, you know, it feels good. It feels like if I want to analyze it, am I giving the credit to Bean or to McDermott or both? I suppose both. I mean, I've definitely been around the block and criticizing Sean McDermott. So, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I both a balance. Happy to be a Bills fan. Happy to be alive in this time because it really it, it kind of puts things in perspective that. Are we that when we get critical, like big picture, senses of success, like, oh yeah, are we really just criticizing the nuance and it's probably nothing to worry about? Right. Is my mental health going to be able to improve if I just think this way? Can my whole life improve if I just think this way? Possibly. Yeah, I think it'll be good for all our mental health if we just look at the positive, like we mentioned pre this segment. Yeah, no, I think it's a testament to, I hate to be cliche, but the process? Oh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna drop a process bomb here. I mean, to to put words to what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean did for this organization, how they turned it around from the drought era, there there are no words to to put to it. I mean, it is an incredible turnaround in a very short time. Not only making the playoffs in their first year with a roster that had no no business being in the playoffs in my opinion i mean they had their staples but i mean that was not a great roster and to where we are now with making the playoffs for the third straight year with a franchise quarterback for the next what 10 years or more probably at this rate um just to have a team that is discussed in the upper echelon of, of the, the great teams in the league and to consistently perform at that level. And you, you can't say enough good things. Yes, have there been hiccups and potholes along the road of, of success? Yes. But positive is they're consistently a playoff team. I never thought we'd be here if you asked me five years ago if we have a franchise quarterback who's talked about as one of the best players in the league and to have the depth this roster has uh, all three facets, offense, defense, and special teams. For so long, it just seemed like such a cursed organization. Like they couldn't get out of their own way, whether I, I won't name names or or uh, actions or signing, whatever. But to, to see the turn. Just say it. To see the turn. Just say it. Aaron say, Maven. Just say his name. I wasn't going to say Aaron. I wasn't going to say Aaron Maven. I, I, I put one individual at the top of, of all the, the hardships <laughs> Buffalo Bills have run through during the drought era. You can guess if you want, and I'll give you a wink and a nod if you're right. But can I, can I ask you a wink and a nod style question? Sure. Do we have a mutual acquaintance who wears a hat that says to fire him? Wait, is it is it Jazz? Yeah. Okay. Does he have a hat that says fire us, Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. That's the person. Yes. Oh, okay. That's yeah, the okay. wink and the nod. I, I I thought he did when you said that, and I'm like, does he? Know? I was second guessing myself a little. So oh, okay. I apologize. <laughs> Tony, let's let's just start with this game and the offense 
Uh, I think the offense is the big sticking point because they found a way to win without Josh being at his best. And that's a lot of people look at the negative. Yeah, Josh threw three picks and uh, was not great in terms of passing. But the fact that they found a way to win despite their best player not performing at his best, I think is encouraging. What do you think? I think it's encouraging, but I would say I'm not getting ahead of myself too much on that. And I hate to be the negative Nelly over here always, in our always. commitment to positivity. <laughs> but my view on this is that I don't think of it as much as found a way to win despite Josh having an off day. I think of it as we got lucky that we played a team that couldn't handle it when even though Josh had an off day. It's not like we can, like, I'm not willing to say like, oh yeah, the run game is fixed. We found a way to win through the run game. Right. So we can do that now. Well, yeah, maybe we can do that now if we play the Falcons a bunch, but we're not going to play the Falcons. So uh, I I see it as like, well, we played the Falcons, and their game plan and their personnel and their situation didn't have an answer for it, so we were able to get by. Are we able to get by every single time? Probably not. But is Josh going to have a bad game every time? Probably not. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, a lot of it's the opponent, obviously. This game seemed very reminiscent to me very reminiscent of the Panthers game. It's like a, a team that we did not play our best game against, but th- there are certain situations in sports where just talent wins out despite all these variable factors like weather and turnovers. And, and in the Panthers game, I just felt like, yeah, we didn't play our best game, but we were definitely the more talented team and talent just wins out. This is kind of the same feeling. We didn't play our best game, but we we're obviously the more talented team on the field. And Sticking with our tour of positivity here. Yeah, you're right. Is Josh going to have this bad a game every time? No. Is the run game going to look this good every time? No. So even Steven, I guess, <laughs> in the end. But I want to go to like a, a sticking point for you, and that's Brian Dable. And for him to make the halftime adjustment, because, yes, the Bills were losing at halftime somehow after a, a glorious five-minute meltdown at the end of the first half of this game. He, he adjusted, and he realize rely on the run game and that was extremely successful that was the best performance from a run game and I can only think that adjustment is good from Dable I like to see that obviously for uh, a coaching staff and and an individual in particular that we've ragged on for not making enough adjustments in game so I like what I saw there and then I gotta imagine that's encouraging for an offensive line who's kind of been ragged on all season in terms of they can't run block like they can't get to the second level they can't be the aggressors and kind of bully the opposition in terms of getting three yards when they need three yards or short distances or or establishing any run game whatsoever so I think that's encouraging moving forward for an offensive line that got a little siloed in in their classification of being just pure pass protecting offensive linemen and and now we see what they can do in the run game yes again opposition the the atlanta falcons do not pose the most um intimidating defense out uh, out there in the nfl but baby steps tony I, I think anything positive especially towards the end of the season especially as you're going into the playoffs here now as we clinch this game i i think that's nothing but good like the positive stuff is positive and i'll take that all day if as, as we go into the playoffs here well i cannot believe your attitude because in <laughs> extreme optimism in, in that whole thing i would have thought for sure you'd be giving credit where credit is due or i i should say that I think you'd be eager to give credit to 
a witty favorite in the form of Ryan Mr. Ryan Rickbates. Oh, absolutely. He's the he's the linchpin of the success. I mean, he's the reason. That's what I'm saying. It all turned around when Bates when Bates is on the line. We've only been calling for it for two months, Tony. We would be un, we would be undefeated if Ryan Bates was the starter all year. I'm absolutely very convinced. I, mean, I want to have another child just so Ryan Bates can be the godfather of that child. Oh wow, Kendall Gaskins and Ryan Bates. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm saying I'm going to need some godfathers. Talk here. about a dream team, right there, yeah, godfathers. Absolutely. Wow. My mm-hmm. goodness, you got big aspirations with the Godfather label. Yeah. <laughs> um, of the Godfather, and I and there will be no. Actually, I'm going to adjust this. There will be no Godmothers. It will be a tandem <laughs> Godfathering. Yes. And when they ask, well, like, oh, you know, what's your family situation? Like, well, I have two dads. No, it's not because I'm raised by a gay couple. It's because <laughs> it's because my dad is a Bills fan and took random obscure Bills to take decided he wanted them to take care of me without having ever met any of them. I feel like that's like a CBS sitcom waiting like my two godfathers. <laughs> yeah, that's a so CBS weird. sitcom, right? Mm-hmm. Lock it in. Lock it in. Starring Mike O'Malley. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah uh, he would be pretty good. Yeah, he would be bad. 233 total yards on the ground. Josh Allen accounting for 15 carries, 81 yards. Devin Singletary, Mr. Boring himself, best game of the year, 23 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Again, I think this is now, I, I maybe, maybe I should even go farther back, but this is really the second week I've noticed an aggressive style from Devin Singletary, a power style from Devin Singletary, trucking guys this game, running over people, being being the guy in those short yard situations that they can rely on. Are we seeing like a rookie year Devin Singletary reemerge here? I thought he should have been RB1 all along, not for the sole fact that I thought he was like the best power runner or the best uh, pass catching running back on the roster, but solely for the fact that I thought he was really good at everything instead of excelling at just one thing and not being great at anything else, which is what I get from Moss and Breda. But are we seeing like this Devin Singletary we were hoping for in the preseason with, you know, the new workout routine and looking faster and having more burst? And it seems like he's putting it together and that's kind of correlating with the offensive line putting it together because of Ryan Rick Bates, of course. Are we off the, Tony, are we off the Devin Singletary's boring train for you yet? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) All that lead up for nothing. What I saw was maybe the Devin Singletary that I was thinking, eh, maybe we're going to see flashes of that when I saw his, uh, you know, shirtless pick in the offseason, a right. big Singletary. But I would also rephrase kind of what you said when you're like pretty good at everything, but not necessarily excelling at anything. First of all, sometimes that works out well. And that's like the, that's kind of the, that was explained to me by ESPN while watching Sean McDermott's first draft that like that's what a McDermott guy is just like solid not wowed by some like amazing particular attribute but just like you know pretty good at everything but I don't know in a running back I want a little spice in my dish yeah no I I want some sugar in my coffee I know so I also don't necessarily I don't want to say believe but like I think there's too much emphasis on the idea of RB1 RB2 like I I think if you're going to have, unless you have like an incredible running back, and even if you do have an incredible running back, I still think that the running back position like is a collective, yeah. um, no matter what. And so I would like to incorporate everyone in all situations. And that includes, even for us, like that includes the likes of Isaiah McKenzie doing runs. That includes the likes of Cordero Patterson next year for us. So it's very much like a, 
I don't care enough to throw all this to throw all these flowers at Devin Singletary. I'm happy he had a nice game, but it's he's had well, a couple. We'll see nice what happens over time. He's had a what? couple nice games now. He's had a couple of nice games. <laughs> You're not I'll ready sa- to. I'll save my roses for Ryan Bates. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. This is like the 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 Bachelor. We're we're giving we're giving our rose to Ryan Bates for sure. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, because I want him on the line. He is the reason week. for all this success. We know that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird because we always say, like, you know, just, just give us a good offensive line and any running back can kind of look pretty good here. But I think Devin Singletary does things that you might not get from your just everyday running back. And my favorite part of Devin Singletary is he turns negative one-yard losses into three-yard gains. Like, I think that's extremely important in this offense to not get into second and long situations where it's like okay here comes another brian dable run which again i can't unseek since you said it or even third and long situations where it's like okay now the opposition is like most likely going to blitz and josh is going to get pressured and if we can avoid getting into second and long third and long situations i think that leads to success and we've seen now this offense be extremely efficient not only in sustaining drives these past couple weeks, but converting third downs and converting fourth downs even. So I think Devin Singletary's play has been a big part of that. So I don't know. I think I'm ready to take the boring mantle off him. Am I saying if there's an upgrade out there in the offseason to not go for it? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I like, wow. I like Devin Singletary. <laughs> I think I think if he was just a lit, there were there were moments this game. I will say there were moments this game when just despite him having a great game and I thought he really really played well and and found his lanes and and did everything he could to lead the Bills to a victory here. But there were moments where I was like, man, if he was just fast, if he was just fast, yeah. that seven yard game. If, in a moment when he gets a handoff, if he could just like hit hit the hit the burst button, if he was fast, he would have turned that seven yard gain where. He, Maybe he had to do one cut, and he could have turned that into like a fourteen-yard game. Like he could have doubled his yardage. Like there were there were a couple moments when I I said that to myself. I'm like, man, that was a great run. But if he was fast, it could have been an awesome run. Well, if there's an upgrade out there, it's not like Devin Singletary is going anywhere. He can still be a part of things. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying the 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 passing game obviously faltered. The, Devin Singletary is obviously not a twenty-three carry a game guy, and I don't think he should right. be. So. Where the running game succeeded this this past Sunday, the passing game faltered mightily. Josh probably lost um, his his MVP stake or push for an MVP, whatever you want to call it, this game, going 11 for 26, 120 yards, three interceptions. <laughs> for a second there, I thought Stefan Diggs was going to have a better quarterback rating than... Uh, than Josh Allen did on his one trick play, which was disaster. I don't know what they're trying to do on that play. It's just a, that's a huge disappointment this season, I think, compared trick, to last trick season. Plays? The, su- the success or lack thereof on trick plays. Yeah, I, I, I think, like I always said, as the offense evolves, I want to see less trick plays. You remember that like Texans game where literally the first touchdown they scored was Josh Allen catching the ball off a of reverse? Yeah. As the offense got better, as the talent got better, Diggs came in, as Davis evolved, and as they just became more comfortable in, in Dable's schemes, like I, I kind of had a feeling trick plays were just going to go out the window. I always thought the trick plays were them saying, well, we don't have the talent right now to run a traditional offense consistently successful, <clears throat> successfully, so we're going to throw in these circusy things. So I don't I don't know if I'm like upset they're not there. Why are you upset? Because uh, they because they work well, most of the time. 
Yeah, like I have the opposite attitude. Uh, of I always thought the trick plays were there as a flex. So, like, oh, yeah. ch- check this out, League. Like, we're the Harlem Globetrotters of I can see football that. offense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, our athletes are so effing talented. We can just do whatever we want all over this place. And everyone can do everything. Like, it's, I kind of I, I always took it like that. And they're fun. And so I... They are fun. So with their lack of success this year, like, I miss... I miss that. I mean, those are the things we remember, too. Like, if I look back to a couple years ago, I some of the things I remember, I don't remember the the mundane plays. Yeah. I don't remember just, like, the efficient drives. I remember the cool trick plays. Right. Um, and especially, I used to think that that was, like, the attitude towards trick plays if we would do it on the first drives. Like, yes. if we would start off by doing it. But then I also... I could see uh, that, yeah. Like you were saying about the first drive games, I noticed a correlation. I think that to have Josh receive the first touchdown of a game is a curse. We we lose those games. <laughs> has, it, has it happened more than once? Yes, I believe it has. The Texas but playoff game. Mm-hmm. The only time I can remember Josh catching a pass was this year's Tennessee game, where two-point conversion. Oh, well, there you go. But there was I, – I remember Both it as it lost. happened, but I don't <laughs> – yeah, I know. But – I remember it as it happened. I'm like, oh, there's something about there's there's something with the universe here. If there's a trick play and Josh receives the first pass, we lose that game. Yeah, there was some correlation, but I, I don't remember any specific examples. <laughs> are you are you worried about Josh? I mean, I'm always worried about Josh because I love him like a son. What do you mean? <laughs> right. I'm I'm a little worried. Josh's stats between home and away are pretty pretty different. He's much better on the road this year than. He's at home. I'm worried about the emotions of Josh. I'm worried about him. How do I want to phrase this? We talked. <laughs> we talked our for our New Year's resolutions last episode of, of Josh like taking the weight off of the city off his shoulders by taking up a peaceful hobby. And I think like when Josh enters the stadium through the smoke to eighty thousand fans screaming, I think like the emotion affects his play. The adrenaline affects his play. And I, th- I think it was emphasized this game because he started off super hot, right? He started off six for six, throwing into tight windows, made a, a great throw to Davis on the first drive into a super tight window that only Josh can pl- make. Again, making plays that only he can make week after week. I think because he started off so hot, the emotion and the adrenaline just started to come over him. And he's like, man, I can do anything. I'm worried about that, Josh Allen. Like, we, we talked about Hero Ball last episode. Like, I, I love Hero Ball. I'm more worried about the invincible Josh. The Josh who thinks he can do anything, make every throw. That That's the one I'm worried about. And that's what I thought this game. And I thought he started off super hot and, and you know, being at home after beating, beating the Patriots and all the adrenaline. And I think it just, just kind of got to him a little. I can see that. I definitely, knowing Josh's personality and like how he does get fired up, and, I, and we've seen it a bunch. I think that was a big account at the beginning of the year uh, for him and for his sort of like less than consistent play compared to last year at the beginning of this season. And I think a lot of us attributed that to, yeah, there's fans in the stands now and he gets super fired up. And I'm kind of afraid that sometimes if Jet, when they introduce him out of the tunnel and he's running out, at first he used to be like visibly pumped really psyched up and like getting into it yeah. and he's like trained and he's like retrained himself to be like not not lean into that attitude even though maybe that's what he's feeling internally because it does it does profoundly affect him and it gets him too riled up and that's that's when we run into more issues i just want like my quarterback to be a perfect robot <laughs> of just like it's all the same you know yeah right 
Josh as a robot would be like a Terminator style robot would be great. Yeah, the Alienator. <laughs> Can't steal it from Thurman. That, that would be yeah. Be I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you never worry about Josh's physical ability, right? Between the the running and the the arm strength, I'm worried about the emotion. I'm not even worried about the mental part of it because I think he's triggered in a way that he kind of forgets about anything bad he puts everything on his shoulder i think he's i think he's good mentally it's the emotions that i think that rile him up and and this adrenaline but it, it was weird to see because obviously he was pumped up with the two running touchdowns and he had a great day running the ball and thought he made some smart decisions in the run game when to take off like i said the past two weeks make your first two reads and go like i thought he did that really well this game and uh, it attributed to the good the good running numbers they had but i i thought that that first drive really set the tone in terms of passing of like josh thinks he's invincible here the crowd is pumped he's making throws he's fitting him into tight windows his receivers are making plays he's getting protection that's the thing that gets me is like he got protection this game and i i've been of the mindset that especially this offense if josh gets protection they're unstoppable there's no way defenses can cover Diggs and davis and beasley and sanders and mckenzie if Josh is getting protection, like one of those guys is bound to be open and Josh has the arm strength to throw those guys open, to fit it in the tight windows. Like the offense is kind of unstoppable if Josh gets the right amount of time back there. That's why I was so shocked this game because I thought he did get really good protection and he had a lot of time in the pocket and yeah, two, two interceptions were tipped, but you know, are they fluky that they were tipped or are they bad decision-making from Josh that they were tipped? I'm worried about the emotions, but in Josh, I trust. So I'm not worried fully because I, I think he's going to figure it out, obviously. but it's, and, I, and I think he's made a lot of steps forward in figuring it out. Yeah. I think he's on that journey, and he's well into it. So in that sense, I'm not worried. I'm more worried, honestly, like in the, some of the things you were talking about, I'm more worried about him. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a tough guy, but he's not going to be able to use his body like that. I think he's going to have a career as long as we want him to have a career. Right. So it's like, I'm like, uh, I'd rather preserve him by asking him to be a little less, a little less tough. I'd rather treat him a little bit more like he's made of, um, a little bit more sensitively. (laughs) Yeah. I think he knows that too, because I think this year is compared to prior years. He's been, I, I wouldn't say more hesitant to take off and run. I think he's been more calculated with it. It doesn't, seem, agree, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's no. like, oh, I'm pressured. I'm going to go. Like, nothing's here. I got to go. It seems like he's sitting back there. And sometimes it drives me nuts because I want him to run because I think that's the play that's going to lead to the most successful uh, results. But I think he, he's trying. I think he knows, like, yeah, I can't play this wild Cam Newton-esque. I think, I think there, there's quarterbacks throughout history where we've seen their career longevity be shortened due to their playing style cam newton like like all these running s quarterbacks right and i think josh i think josh is smart enough to know he needs to obviously not be as not not put the emphasis on the running Matt, you're talking about the beginning of the play i'm talking about the end of the play i'm over here talking i'm like i'm worried about him taking hits i'm worried about also in that moment i think he i agree with you i think he does know that and i think he would say that easily on a wednesday night <laughs> but I think on Sunday, when he's in the moment, yeah. that competi- his competitiveness takes over, and he's more willing to take the big hit, not slide, try and break tackles unsuccessfully. Uh, it's concerning. Yeah. I'm scared for him. I want him to be okay. 
<laughs> you're like you're like your son. You treat him like your son. Exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of us think that way. I think he'll be okay. Uh, okay, okay. I hope we'll so. Enjoy Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Tony, anything else about the offense before we move on to the D? Uh, I was. Uh, no, I guess I'm alright. Yeah, you're alright. <laughs> uh, actually, before we move on to the D, can we just quick note about the special teams? Why was uh, Marquez Stevenson running into his own guys? <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, you didn't want to bring this. He does have a tendency to do this. You know, fundamentally, you want him to follow his blockers, but not run into him. I want him- yeah, not running up. I don't want him to follow it that close. Right. Um, I figured out. I don't know. Even it, though he, maybe he won't, because I kind of don't like him. I don't either. Like that's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he he fumbled one. Um, obviously the first punt he muffed, and I don't know why he even fielded it inside the five. And I think the thing that drives me nuts is McKenzie back there makes one mistake during the Colts game, one mistake, and he gets dragged through the Colts by McDermott for it, like off mm-hmm. off kick returns uh, in the media saying we can't trust him back there. Marquez Stevenson does something stupid. Uh, stupid might be harsh, but <laughs> does something incorrect every game, like either in not fair catching when he should or uh, muffing something and, and dropping it. And I, I don't think he's lost one other than the safety this this past Sunday. But why isn't McDermott holding Stevenson accountable? Because he's a rookie and he's learning. Like, put, just put McKenzie back there. He's Plus, he's the more dangerous threat. Like, Stevenson's not doing it for me i'm sorry and in the running into his own players is just the cherry on top you don't have to apologize to me because i 100 percent agree with you <laughs> like, Get, just put mckenzie back there he's way better he's way we better like, he's faster we like getting mckenzie involved it's not like he's it's not like mckenzie's role shifted to being like the linchpin of the offense all of a sudden and we can't risk him right i mean it's you know like we're pretty deep at wide receiver and mckenzie only is a part of things some of the time so I want to see McKenzie back there, and I like Isaiah McKenzie. So in that sense, I'd like to see more Isaiah McKenzie. I want to see him back there. Stevenson, I just don't get it. But I'm also of two minds about what you said, and that's where my mind was, about like him being a rookie and we like cut him a break because he's a rookie. Okay, I understand that. Like He's developing. He's also a professional. <laughs> right. And this is like this is the year. You know, like the the window's open now. So it's not like we can I don't like that attitude of like, well, he's a rookie and so we're gonna be patient with him. I'm like, Well, now is the time. I don't care about be patient with him until he's until he's good or like to allow him to develop to be good. Well when he's good, the rest of the team might not be good. Right. So we gotta get someone who's good now. Right. And it's not like if if this doesn't work out, there's not another like sixth round fast guy out of college who does pick like what are we doing here? (laughs) I would be very surprised when the playoffs do roll around if McKenzie or if Stevenson is back there. If McKenzie is not back there, or even like after that muffed punt, they put Hyde back there just as a guy who could catch a ball, which I was surprised with as well. I mean, he's he's very reliant for fair catching it, which uh, is is fine. But, like, what are we doing? Like, just put McKenzie back there. And if Stevenson's not working out and the, the, the game pressure is too much for him and you, you run him back in training camp next year and it's not working out, there's another six-round guy out there who's fast. TJ Graham's out there some Like, just get anyone. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm sure Roscoe Parrish would come back or Percy Harvin would unretire for the 17th time. Like, who? <laughs> like, there's a million guys out there who can do what Stevenson supposedly is, is supposed to do. <laughs> like, right. 
I, I don't I don't get it. I'm, I'm and those guys will probably be faster. So <laughs> probably yes, and they absolutely would. Tony, let's talk about the defense though. End of first half meltdown. It seems like every week the Bills just have like this stretch where you know we look in control for a majority of the game, and it just seems to be this stretch of five minutes, and whether it's teams busting out big runs or I look to the 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 Washington football team game earlier in the season where we had a firm control of that game and then for five minutes it just seemed to fall apart and due to a botch kickoff and or kickoff return and whatever it just seems like this they just have like a mind fart like for five minutes every game my question is yeah they survive this game can they do that against good teams because now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of every team's good it's the playoffs can we have these kind of sequences where it just looks like the world is collapsing and and survive I- well I'm, i'll say this i'm only worried about it if we end up losing <laughs> of course and i and I did think we were going to end up losing this game because they always push those stats to us. Right. That, like Sean McDermott's record of if you're losing at halftime, he loses the game. And if he's winning at halftime, he always wins the game. And so I was like, oh, man, we're losing at halftime now. Like, that's it. Just you can, lock, you can, you can brush this game off. We're, we're hopeless now. Right. And then I'm glad to see we ended up winning. And I was happy about, I was like obviously I was happy that we won but like I was happy to see that we that's not a, that we have the ability even though it's you know one point we collapsed at the end I think that a lot of I, I think this is a common tale to a lot of NFL games is you go in there and like you're playing is and that the teams maybe have some significant separation of talent level but then the inferior team catches some breaks and all of a sudden it's close and then and they continue to kind of combo ride that momentum and they've made the right adjustments along the way and they go in, but then we go into halftime and then we can see those adjustments that they made and counter them. And we can just like also go into halftime and get our, get our minds right because then, and now the, you know, we don't have to escape anything anymore. We're going to come out here and it's going to be fine. I was a little bit more hopeless because I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, we came out of the, half and that's when he threw an interception was when we had it coming out of halftime right i believe so i believe so as well so then as soon as that happened that's when i was like oh this game this is over like this is collapsing and then but then it's like things turned out okay we got our heads right so i am very appreciative of the mental strength of the team this year and that they were and that they were able to come across from that and, and keep playing and go and go, you know, whistle the whistle on that thing. And it makes it pretty, and it makes me hopeful. So I'm glad I saw that. And I'm hoping that that's a sign of a more mature team. Yeah, uh, that, that's well put. Yeah, it's just a weird game. Three straight drives with an interception from Josh, including what you just mentioned to start the second half. And then ending the game with two long 11-play, 12-play touchdown drives. I mean, it was, it was an odd, odd game, to say the least. And plus the Matt Ryan taunting thing was just hilarious in its own right i know where I, I'm well of course i mean i mean that's one of the great that's like F-ups. one of the great collapse <laughs> moments yeah it really is like it doesn't get a lot of hype right and really i would say it it should have gotten more hype in, in a lot of ways it was overshadowed by antonio brown's collapse of a human being oh yeah we didn't we and, didn't mention we should have mentioned that on the uh grinding the gear yeah, segment we, yeah maybe we should have but i'm also like antonio brown what Antonio Brown did versus what Matt Ryan did. Matt Ryan threw his team's season away. Right. The whole, like, that was the play of the season. That was the play to keep them alive, to keep their season alive. 
And it all went right in the trash because <laughs> Matt Ryan opened his mouth on Jordan Poyer. And threw the ball and out. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt Ryan, like, that was so, that was such a, a just a, a lapse of judgment yes. from Matt Ryan. And we're talking about. Never thought I'd get that from a Boston College grade. I know. And we're talking about Antonio Brown, who we're talking about his sort of F up slash his, a lot of people speculating about his mental health. Right. Let me tell you this. If I ever am in the middle of doing my job, if I'm ever teaching and it's in the middle of sixth period and I decide, you know, I'm just going to throw my dry erase marker and my tie into the class (laughs) and walk right out of the building, you won't have to question my mental health at that moment. (laughs) That will be the health. That will be the peak of my mental health. That's as good as my mental health will ever be in my life. The last thing you should be worried about is my mental health. (laughs) But if I ever call out an opponent in some capacity... And then that throws the season away. That if I ever ruined the year, calling out a math 50, teacher, <laughs> right? If I ever ruined the year of fifty-three people and all of the work that they have put in because of my temper, because I'm calling out a math teacher, like you said, uh, I think that's a little bit more of a red flag than what <laughs> than what Antonio Brown did, or what I'm saying I would do during sixth period if I was just to ever walk off. I, I think you're the only person in the world with the take of Matt Ryan has less mental capacity or capability than Antonio Brown. Well, I didn't say I didn't say less than met, I didn't say mental capacity. You were saying what Antonio Brown did was maybe less of a red flag a, than what Matt Ryan did. More of a sound mind than what Matt Ryan did. Oh yes, that is what I'm saying. Yes. Possibly. I mean that's a great that's a great <laughs> spin. It's like Antonio Brown didn't really affect his team. They still won the game and yeah. They still won the game. They're still contenders. They're still going to the playoffs. They're still pretty good. Okay. Yeah. That was. I mean, I just think about like showing up to training camp in July, going through every practice, going through all those weeks, arduous, the work that they put in, putting their bodies into peak physical condition. Yep. And Matt Ryan just pissed it away for everybody. Because <laughs> Jordan Poyer nudged him as he dove into the end. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that was a very, uh, come on, man, kind of moment. Um, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good one. That's a, that's a PG way to put it. But defense aside, I mean, I don't, I don't think we talked about this this guy enough. I, I thought he, again, had a really, really solid game. And that's our Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, Mr. Harrison Phillips. Hungry Harry, horrible Harry, whatever you want to call him. All the, all the hype was about star preseason coming back and how he's going to fix this run defense and, and be a, a real staple in this defense and all the training videos we saw, star looking quicker and more nimble, whatever. Harrison Phillips has been the guy that has stepped up this year in a big way at the defensive tackle position. I'm not saying we need an, we don't need an upgrade there, but Harrison Phillips, I think we're seeing what we thought we'd get coming out of Stanford, and that being a really, really good depth player. We all know McDermott likes the rotation and next man up mentality, and he expects everyone to play at the same level. Harrison Phillips is is exceeding my expectations for him this year. He's a guy I thought, you know, was going to be on the chopping block come final roster cuts this year, but he's he's been great. Maybe it was his injury. He, he, I think he had a ACL, a piece, some, some ligament in his knee injury he was coming off of past year or two here, but he's been anything but horrible. I'll tell you that. And it, it's been a pleasant surprise. I think he's been the most pleasant surprise on the defense this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially in the wake of what a disappointment Star has been, like right. you said. And, like, I'm over Star. I'm over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you a lot know, of people it's whatever. Are. Yeah. Yeah, 
And I used to think I was over Harrison Phillips, but like you said, he's really stepped up this year. And I, it's, it's crazy because, like, I can't explain it. And it's kind of nice because, like, you know, I think as a human being, a lot of us really like Harrison Phillips. Oh, yeah. Harrison Phillips Great is also someone, yeah. Harrison Phillips is also someone who I resurrected an old college personal policy that I had. And that college personal policy is that when players got drafted by the Bills, I would immediately face a friend request them <laughs> before they realized they were a celebrity in any capacity I, or too big for it, but they're just regular Facebook users. I used to do the same so, thing with uh, players on the U.S. men's national soccer team. <laughs> oh, of course, of like, course. Up and coming players who, like, before they might might break through, I'd, I'd treat right. a friend request for no reason. Right. I remember, who, you know who was always very active on my timeline? Derek Fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Boise State's finest. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Always got time for fine. So did they, they accept these friend requests? I'm, I'm yeah, and Harrison Phillips did too. Harrison Phillips oh, is my Facebook friend. Oh, what a guy. Yeah. You know, I think you need to make Jeffrey J. Miller your Facebook friend now. Ooh, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, and then he DMs me about like, do we know each other? And I'm like, oh no, but I talk about you often to <laughs> tens of people on a Bills podcast. <laughs> More than tens. We, we, oh, we, we do better than that, Tony. Come on. Give us more Heck credit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Winnie Nation is growing, man. Winnie Nation is ever growing. It's it at least 14. Come on. Tens. It's a movement, baby. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's accepted your friend request. That just proves how nice of a guy he is. And the, and the, play, and the play on the field is backing it up. Gem on the field, gem off the field. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for here. We talked a couple weeks ago about Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe, maybe great guy off the field. All the charity work, maybe not bringing it on the field. Harrison Phillips is bringing it in every aspect of his life, I think, at this point. So, very pleasant surprise. Uh, very happy to see a, a guy who gives a lot to the community, does a lot of charity work, be successful on the field as well. Uh, also, a guy coming off an injury, like I mentioned, past couple seasons, maybe not being at 100%. So, good to see him being what we thought he could be when he was drafted and also being Tony's Facebook friend. We we greatly appreciate that in these parts. I certainly do. Speaking of the defensive line, Greg Rousseau sighting. Good to see him kind of find his, his way here. It seems like he was lost for about a month or, or so there. I thought he had a really solid game. Not, not as impactful as the first month of the year. And again, we talked about Ricky Wall. We talked about being hyped up for his first NFL action, his first football action in uh, over a year sitting out due to uh, the pandemic. But I thought he had a really nice game. And I think that's an extremely important position as we get into the playoffs here in some of these matchups we're, we're starting to look at. Maybe we get the, the Bengals in the first round who don't seem to have a, a great offensive line or the Titans who we need to get to Ryan Tannehill much better than we did in, in our matchup during the regular season. Tannehill is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. We need the defensive end position to to make some noise. And I don't unfortunately think it's coming from the likes of, of uh, Mario Addison or an F.A. Obata. I still think Jerry Hughes is, is pretty solid. I think he's taking a step back this year, but the advanced numbers look pretty good on Jerry Hughes and his pressure rates and things like that. But I think I think Greg Rousseau, and we had an Epinesa sighting this game as well. He made a nice play in the backfield on a, on a sweep or a screen pass. I forget what specifically, but I need those guys to kind of revert back to what they showed us in the first month. And I think if they can do that, then that's going to be huge for this team come playoff time. Well, it's going to be huge for this team. It's it's necessary. 
pretty much this is this is the nfl playoffs like and this is this was the missing piece last year you know with the lions so in in many ways i almost kind of wish i I wish that not necessarily so but like someone emerged as like that dynamic disruptor yeah you know that you can do but uh that's okay that they haven't as long as we get as long as we get the pressure you know as as long as we can do that and we have been and at least we were able to do that against matt ryan so uh, there's there's some hopefulness on that. Do you have some beef with Matt Ryan that I don't know about? Mm, let me take you down a little journey. <laughs> a Kesha? No, is, I, it, is this a Kesha road? It's a, yeah, it's the, it's the Kesha direction. <laughs> Matt Ryan. No, I actually, no, I used to really like Matt Ryan. Like when he was when he was young and when he was like in his prime, yeah. I did like Matt Ryan. The last, of a, kinda, last of a dying breed of like pocket quarterbacks. Yeah, he really kind of is. Yeah. And I, um, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of disappointed that he panned out. Like I thought he would have had a more legendary career and be more higher profile than than he turned out to be in the end. But I think if they ended up winning the Super Bowl me. that they blew, I think he would have. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Super Bowl loss really. Yeah, uh, and it's a shame that he's been holding on to that anger for all these years until he took it out on George Boyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Couple of final notes. Uh, good to see local favorite Quadri Olson get some carries this game. Uh, fellow Canisius alumni like myself. Uh, so good to see him get some hometown love there. Also, Tony, I think we need to talk about maybe the most important thing that was a lead up to this Bills Hawkins game, and that's the various Bills players sending wings to the Atlanta players. I, I, Finally. I'm loving this idea. Of, Me too. Of the Trojan horse. The Trojan horse of getting the 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 opposition bloated and, and and all groggy and whatever on just gobs of wings before the game. <laughs> like that's yeah, I put I put on Twitter like Hawaii has has like the lay necklace when you like our thing should be like when you come to play the Bills you're gonna get fed up on wings more more than any human being could possibly eat and yeah. then 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 come out and try to beat us. I'm loving this Look, idea. I, I love it, too, because it's like the secret. It's like we're playing a secret with them. Because it's like we know, and by we, I mean, you know, you and me and other uh, men that grew up in Erie County. <laughs> we know the toll wings play on your body, especially if you eat them late. Right. And we know what it does to your, what would it be like, to your sweat glands, to your secretion system? Is yeah. that what it would be? Let's go with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. We know what it does in that in that case. We know what it does digestively to you. We know the whole. We know how you lose sleep over it. We know the whole system. Yes, put the opponent through that adversity that we all know all too well. Make them learn what we know the hard way at the most convenient time. We got to send wings throughout the playoffs. I, I think so. It's a great. It's a brilliant strategic move. It's a brilliant strategic move. <laughs> is right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, Buffalo is is known for what snow and wings, like mm-hmm. at least to the outside world, not to the locals of the Western yeah. New York area. They don't know the effects of wings. No, they, they just d- think it's delicious. They don't like and, and evolve it as it like send them garbage plates, wings and garbage plates. Like keep it keep it going. Like Buffalo is known for their food. Like, Start with wings, lots and lots of wings, and then evolve it into uh, other local delicacies. That's that's. I, I think I think this is something that we can we can make our own, much like the shout song. I think this can be a Buffalo organizational thing here moving forward, a real franchise well, if, staple. If it's not up to them, then I say it's up to us. <laughs> Bill's mafia. Not, Stop. It does not take a huge amount of effort 
to, to order wings and have them delivered somewhere. <laughs> right. We just got to find where they're delivered. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a good call, Tony. I think Bill's Mafia, stop donating to charities, various charities. Start putting it into the wing bank and uh, start fattening up these opponents. The wing bank, yeah. I think it's, it's the edge we need. It's the edge we need for sure. Uh, Tony, uh, that's all I have. Anything else before we wrap up here? That's all I have. Let's wrap this baby up. Wrap this baby up. It. Put a bow on it. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back, oh, Tony, we had such a great response from our parting guests uh, last time we did them. Your suggestion of Wet Leg, Shay's Lounge had an increase of 2 million views just from our podcast mentioning it. So uh, we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back from our final segment. Uh, Let's take a break. Let's get a quick word from our sponsor. We'll be back in a second. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. And we are back. Tony, let's wrap it up. Bringing back our parting gifts for the listeners. Of course, we always like to say we're the number one self-proclaimed number one podcast in sports and entertainment. We talk about sports a lot, obviously. Let's talk about some entertainment. Let's give the listeners something, uh, a little suggestion outside of the sporting world that they can partake in. Last time, as I mentioned, you suggested Wet Leg Shays Lounge. A fantastically weird song, I should say. <laughs> I listened to it. I was... I had like an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind or moment where I was just like uh, in in it. I was in the song. Like, yes. Yes. Like it, like it, I am, it took me I there. Am in, I am in like a weird grassy backyard yes. that I think that is AstroTurf. And there, <laughs> but there's like a sprinkler going and there's just and a chaise lounge. Get in my, that and lounge. Get in my diploma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Not very uh, close. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Tony, what uh, parting gift do you have for the listeners this week? Uh, I am going to give you not even something from the media world, but something for your taste buds. Oh, described as both extraordinarily unique and taste tacular by <laughs> Freezer Meal Frenzy. It is <laughs> by Trader. What? G- by what? By- by freezermealfrenzy.com. Oh, that's a legit source. Okay. <laughs> I'm here to, I am here to recommend Trader Joe's Vegetable Bird's Nests. Oh. <laughs> we enjoyed these as we rang in the new year, watching uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy, uh, Cohen. Andy Cohen. Yeah, and Andy Cohen just bitch out the world on, <laughs> on, uh, on uh, alcohol influence. Yes. And I really enjoyed those veggie bird, bird's nests. What uh, what are they? they? So they're well. I just said what they are. They're tastacular. <laughs> that just describes that, Matt. <laughs> what physically are they? They are. Um, it, it it seems to me that they are like breaded fried vegetables, <laughs> but that are like also like stringy. Huh. So it's and and so and then they're like woven together like, in like a nest. Like well, they're kind of like, like balls. They're like balls of stringy fried veggies. And then you dip them into, uh, you know, like a soy sauce, like a thicker soy sauce. Oh, interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, fun fact about me, I've never had anything from Trader Joe's. Wow, that is a fun fact. <laughs> You're Sean, over here saying that we got to send Barbell to all of our opponents. Yes. And you can't even venture out to Trader Joe's to have some of that experience. I, I, I think, I've heard they have good I think stuff, I'm gonna, including I think I'm gonna bring you some, I might. 
I might, uh, I might, I might uh, help you out here a little bit. Oh, thanks. I might give, I might give you a nice Trader Joe's buffet of some of my favorites. Yeah, if any listeners want to send me some Trader Joe's, this is like, this yeah, is like when uh, local radio personality Howard Simon said he's never eaten a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before. Oh, okay. <laughs> same it does level seem here. Like that. Same level. I mean, here. Yeah, absolutely. Same level, and just like that, if someone wants to send you Trader Joe's, just you know, why don't you just say your address right now? They can send it right over to you. <laughs> Say your home address on the podcast. You can use my credit card. I'll give you my credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great suggestion, Tony. Uh, Really uh, a treat for the taste buds. It's taste-tastic or taste-tacular? Taste-tacular. Oh, okay. I like that better. Taste-tastic is too too easy of a a, uh, a play on words. (laughs) Yeah, it's too much like non-tastic. Yes, right. Which is another recommendation that I have. Also, in the same plaza in Western, in Buffalo, in the same plaza as Trader Joe's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have to check out this plaza. It sounds like a great plaza to visit. I think it's in the same plaza. To visit. Is it? I think it is. Is it? Maybe. I think it is. I'll have to to do something. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, I'm I'm not going to find out because people are going to send me some Trader Joe's now. Um, there you go. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Tony, my my parting gift is very simple. Go see Spider Man No Way Home. It's oh. awesome. It's one of the top Marvel. I'm a big superhero guy myself, and even if you're not a superhero fan and uh, are not into the the lore of the comics and, and whatnot, like the thing with Marvel movies is they're just entertaining. Like action, comedy, emotion, like you get it all. You get it all with a Marvel movie. This one's awesome. Like this is easily a top three Marvel movie for me. And it's just great. Like Spider-Man is a fantastic character, fantastic acting. Get into spoilers here in case people haven't seen it. If you haven't by now, what are you doing? Go out and see it. Like put your mask on, get to the theater and go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Simple as that. Very simple one for me. Tony, have you seen it? I have not seen it. You should. I don't even know if I would appreciate it. I'm not familiar enough, I think, with Marvel lore that I would fully appreciate it. But I am, I do want to see it in the sense that I'm very intrigued with what they did. Yes. As far as, like, bringing back the different generations of Spider-Men. Yeah. Of, you know, those universes and iterations. I'm very intrigued by what they did. I like that idea, and it makes me want to see it to, like, see out my my interest in that. It was was a very... uh... It was a very creative concept and they, uh, a very creative execution of the concept. So they did do a very good job with um, with that. So go see it. It's an awesome movie. That's uh, my parting gift for the listeners. Tony, let's wrap it up, though. Thank you to our sponsor, as always, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozies starting at just $5. Check them out. Awesome website. You're going to need a koozie for the playoffs. Maybe for, well, definitely for a Bills game. I use mine every Bills game. So check them out, travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Check out our designs. We'll be adding to it this year uh, with new designs. So check it out. Support the podcast. T-shirts starting at just $20. I mean, that's chump change, Tony. It's chump change. You get a good talking conversation piece you get a good icebreaker from our t-shirt store check it out there's some cool designs there uh where to find the podcast of course you can find us on the built-in buffalo podcast network spotify spreaker itunes google podcast wherever you find podcasts or listen to for free search built-in buffalo search witty not funny all one word if you like us subscribe leave us a review we le- we like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it it's the first time listening to us hit the subscribe button show us some love 
We'll show it right back. Tony, Twitter handles. Where can listeners find you? Uh, at Tony J. Ambrose, and it's at Tony486 on the gram. On the gram. And, of course, as always, listeners, Tony is part of the Bills official Bills fan advisory board. If you have a question, if you have a concern, if you have a thought you'd like to bring up to him, hit him up, please. <laughs> he will bring it to the table, as they say. You bring it up to me, it goes straight to Kim. Straight to Kim. Straight to, straight to the big the big guns. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast at WoodySports716 on Twitter, on Instagram as well. We also just created a Facebook page, so search Witty Not Funny on Facebook. Uh, like the Facebook page, follow us there as well. That's all I got, Tony. Send off for the listeners, I guess. That's how we end it. What do you got? My send off for the listeners, just for the listeners to keep in mind, no love for the haters, the haters. <laughs> Brought to you by a great philosopher, one of the great philosophers of our time. In a little poem slash song, I like to call Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith. <laughs> classic. Classic song. Good advice. Good advice for life. Good advice for life as well. Go Bills. And as I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. See ya.